Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God for our meditation this morning was read as our gospel lesson. Here now select the verses from John 2. So the Jews said to him, What sign do you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Thus far, God's holy word. In the name of him who shows us how to worship God in spirit and in truth, dear fellow redeemed. In 1989, a government investigation discovered that some truckers were hauling garbage in the same refrigerated trucks that were used to transport food. Part of the problem was that trucks making long trips could not afford to come back empty. According to truckers, some consider garbage a dream commodity. They were paid to transport something that couldn't be damaged. During congressional hearings, a food science professor likened the problem to serving potato salad from a cat's litter box. This pollution-for-profit scandal is nothing compared to the one in our text for this morning. Jesus drives out the money changers and profiteers who had desecrated God's temple by their immoral practices. Now the money changers actually provided a necessary commodity to the Jews, especially to those who were traveling from around the Roman Empire. Every Jewish male 20 years and older had to provide a temple tax when they came for the Passover. However, not any coin would do. The temple only accepted certain types of money. And the money changers were there to exchange a foreign currency for the accepted one. Imagine trying to pay for new tabs on your car using pesos or euros you would not get very far. And this is how it was for the Jews when they paid their temple tax. And likewise, those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons were providing a convenient service. Try walking a sheep from here to Tacoma and then come to find out that your sheep is not acceptable for a sacrifice because it doesn't meet the right criteria. That would be a frustrating and expensive mistake. Instead, the Jews were able to purchase their animals for sacrifice right there in Jerusalem. Animals that had already been inspected and cleared by the priests. Quite convenient. So what was the problem? Why did Jesus fly off the handle righteously at these people providing the service? It wasn't because of what they were doing, but where they were doing it. Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. They had set up their business in the court of the Gentiles inside the temple. Rather than being a place dedicated for the worship of God, it became a place of shouting, bargaining, and trading. Either they did not care about the Gentiles who came to worship, 
or they saw them as victims of whom they could overcharge for their services. What these money changers and salesmen were doing was making worship made easy. A pastor once quipped, this was worship made easy at its finest. Drive up, grab a sacrifice, do some worship. We'll get you home in time for the game. It perfectly summarizes what the worship, what the worship in the temple had become. And this was nothing new to the children of Israel. Throughout their whole history, they had forsaken the worship of the true God. They sacrificed false, to false gods in God's temple. Traitors would cheat their fellow countrymen and charge them more while giving them less. What they were doing in Jesus' day had the outward appearance of right worship. But it was far from it. It was a business. It was a mockery of God. And it brought out the righteous anger of God upon them. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, Take these things away and do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. With the holy zeal, the Lord cleansed the temple. What the leaders and the people failed to do, Jesus did by himself. It was no miracle, but simply driven by his love for God and anger over the abuses occurring, Jesus restored the temple to what it was supposed to be, a house of worship. What do you think Jesus would do if he were to sneak into the back of our worship this morning? I don't think he would pour out, have to pour out money from a cash register or chase out coffee salesmen in the entryway. But would he still have to clean house? To us, our worship is pretty standard and straightforward and focused. But that is not what God looks at. The Lord sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks into the heart. What would the Lord see when he looks into your heart? Will he see some money changing going on? Thoughts wandering from what is being heard or sung to what will be on the lunch menu this week? What problems do I have to deal with at work or at home? How much should I write out for my offering check this week? If we're being honest, the answer is yes. We do often let outside distractions avert our hearts and minds from the worship of our Heavenly Father. We treat church as an obligation to fulfill each week appearances to uphold rather than honoring the Sabbath day and receiving from God the nourishment for our souls. In other words, 
worship made easy. It doesn't matter if it is outward things in the narthex that take away from our worship or internal distractions. Each earns a reward to have the Lord come in and clean house. When Jesus cleansed the temple, he did so thoroughly. He was not satisfied with just the animals leaving or just dumping out the money of the money changers. He rid the temple of all of it because even one thing left behind would have polluted the temple. And the same is true with our souls. It is not enough for us to say, well, I'll get rid of the obvious sins in my life, but I think it's okay to keep some of these minor ones. James reminds us, if anyone were to keep the whole law and yet stumble at one point, he is guilty of all of it. One little sin is enough to condemn us, and nothing but a complete cleansing can save us. This is not the only time that Jesus had to clean the temple. Two years later, he was in Jerusalem again for the Passover, and the same abuses were occurring. But once again, the Lord did not hold back. He did not say, well, I tried, this is how it is. He cleansed the temple again completely. Jesus had no time for worship made easy. To him, it didn't exist. Because he is the one who had to make it possible for anyone to worship God in spirit and in truth. So the Jews said to him, What sign do you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered them, Destroy the temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. When the Jews asked Jesus for a sign, they were wondering by what authority had Jesus run out of the had run the money changers and the salesmen out. Jesus' answer was simply because of what I'm here to do. Not once did Jesus take the easy road. He always took the impossible path when it came to honoring God. Living a perfect life under God's law? Jesus chose that path, and he did it. Never use his deity to make his journey on earth easier or to his, a better advantage to himself? Jesus chose that path and did it. Endure one of the worst forms of execution known to man? Be cursed by his own father with the sins of people who rejected him and spit upon him? Give up his life so that selfish, abhorrent human beings can approach the throne of God freely? Jesus chose that path. If you were asked to die in the place of your best friend, 
Would you do it? Maybe. How about someone who hates you with every fiber of their being and continually drags you through the mud? Bit harder of a decision? No. An easy one. Every one of us would answer, forget that person, let them die. That is taking the easy road. And that is what each one of us deserves to have Jesus say about us. But that is not the road that Jesus took. He said the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus came for you and me. He endured hardship, persecution, rejection, and abandonment so that your sins could be forgiven. Jesus' blood replaces the money changing in your heart with his cross. The cross that reminds us daily of the death he died so that we might have life and be able to worship God in spirit and in truth. Even more than that, he also rose from the dead, just like he said he would in our text this morning. He, the very source of true worship of God, took upon himself the abuse of God's temple, our sin, upon his body and destroyed it. Perfection took upon your sins and mine and overcame it. And he rebuilds the temple in perfect holiness and righteousness. That is you. You and I are the temple of God by faith in our Savior. As imperfect human beings, it will evermore be a struggle to not let money changing occur in our hearts. We are constantly in danger of seeking after worship made easy. And when it does happen, do not run away. Do not let it sit there and fester. Bring your thoughts, your distractions, your concerns, your problems, or whatever it might be, to the cross. Lay them before your Savior who has washed you clean by His blood and who continues to promise grace and forgiveness to all who are gathered in His temple in His name. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.